nobody starts out planning to take their marriage for granted. Usually it just happens. It's a rut we slide into. One of you, our listeners, wrote in to ask, what do I need to do to make sure I don't take my marriage for granted? Mm, Great question. Yeah. So I think this will be an encouragement for some, a wake-up call for others, and a booster to many. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 72. And as mentioned, we want to help you not take your marriage for granted. I think usually we get thinking about this right after we see a marriage at church or in our circle of friends implode. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, never saw that coming. And then, then you kind of panic about your own marriage for a while. Like, ooh. Yeah. I've been slacking off too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whatever, there can be a hundred reasons why we fall into the rut of taking our marriage for granted. Indeed. But before we get there, mm-hmm. we had a listener from Switzerland leave us a review. Oh, cool. Yeah. It was actually a little while ago, but I hadn't checked foreign reviews for a while. So this is, it says, good podcast by Yulia2345 from Switzerland on May 28th. Hi, I'm not a believer in Christianity, but I still like your podcast because it doesn't just help Christians, but also aim at any people in a couple relationship. Thanks for this good listening. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank Thank you you. for that, Yulia. I hope I am saying your name fairly correctly. Probably not. If you're listening. (laughs) My apologies if I'm not. All right, yeah. so let's talk about making taking marriage for granted. So there's a lighter side to this, and we'll throw this link in the show notes. But I found an article on The Telegraph, which is a UK paper, which says uh, they they surveyed like a couple thousand people, I think it was, yeah, and talked about taking marriage for granted starting on average three and a half years into your marriage. Okay. And they list the top, actually they list 50 items, which are kind of funny. Top sign number one, opting to sleep rather than having sex. Number two, lack of date nights. And they kind of go on. There's a few different things there. Number seven, dressing down in tracksuit bottoms before the other half gets home, which I thought was kind of funny. Because <laughs> if most guys came home to their wife in tracksuit bottoms, that wouldn't be taking the marriage for granted before the other half gets home. Get it? Never mind. No, I don't. But that's okay. Number 10. Yes. Breaking wind when the partner is around. That's uh might be a sign that you're taking your marriage for granted. Number 21 was good. Wearing granny pants. <laughs> uh, what was I got a couple other good ones. Um, not noticing new haircuts or clothes. Got to watch that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, number 47 was good. Showering less. Showering less. And last but not least, number 49. Gets you to check out weird or worrying body issues. That might be a sign that you're taking a <laughs> Do I have a rash? <laughs> yeah. Can you look at this rash for me, honey? Even the doctor didn't want to look there. All right. But this can obviously can get serious. So yes. let's be serious as well. Yeah. But let's start with the question. What does a satisfying marriage look like? And by that, I mean, what's it going to look like so that I know I'm not just taking things for granted and we truly do have a good marriage. So what I hope to kind of give our listeners here is a way that they can self-evaluate themselves as a spouse in their marriage to okay. say, am I in this place of taking for granted? Because really, this is a blind spot issue how I kind of see it. It's like you kind of, right. you don't head for this. You kind of, maybe you wake up one day and you realize you were there or you wake up because your spouse is saying I'm leaving or whatever. Right. So we don't want to get there. We want to wake up now and think, am I there? Yes. And deal with it. Huh. Okay. 
So I'm going to give you five specific strategies based on research for both improving your marriage and keeping it thriving as you go. Okay. Okay. So three things to evaluate. You know, marriage can seem complicated for Linda. I know you don't think so, but sometimes I do. And we think about all our little issues, your little issues and idiosyncrasies. (laughs) Yeah, mine. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to boil this down to the simplest but most powerful markers of a marriage that is not being taken for granted. And this is from an article in 2004 where they did this really neat study to boil things down to these key factors. Mm -hmm. Okay, number one. So this is like what a good marriage looks like. Yes. Okay. So this is where you're going to self-evaluate. And I got a whole bunch of questions folks can ask themselves. Okay. Number one, love. Really? Yeah. What a surprise. Well, you got to have love, right? Yep. So I quote the researchers, loving relationships are those in which open communication and agreement on the expression of affection are important. Okay. So there's two key parts here. One is open communication and the second is agreeing on the expression of affection. So you meld these two things together and in a thriving marriage, you have a couple that agree on characteristics like respect, forgiveness, romance, support, and sensitivity. Those are all openly communicated in ways that are meaningful to both spouses. Mm-hmm. So questions are, how are you doing on open communication? Are you making yourself known to your spouse? Mm-hmm. That's a yeah. good question to making ask Making yourself. yourself known as in like what you want or it, what are you like making known? It's truly here? bringing yourself, your thoughts, your concerns, your cares, oh, okay. your feelings to the relationship. Like and who you are making yeah, yourself known. It's in the present, your state of being and you're, you're revealing okay. those things. Okay. And then together with that, is there open expression of affection? And whatever your style is for expressing that. Mm-hmm. But there's some visible open, like if people were watching you, like if there's little cameras in your living room and kitchen and whatever, would they see open expressions of affection going on? Okay. Or hear them? Now yes. you said at the beginning here, agreeing on the expression of affection. Does this just mean showing it no matter what style you are or agreeing as in you both use the same style? No, no, no. You don't have to use the same style, but just you're sensitive. That it's important. No. Agreeing means that I'm sensitive towards how you receive affection. So I'm communicating in a ways that make meaning to you. Okay. And also that you're understanding that, you know, what my quote unquote love languages has been made a very popular term these days, mm-hmm. what mine are. And so when you see me expressing these things, you get, okay, okay. you're showing me love here, right? Okay. So couples unconsciously negotiate these terms okay. in their marriages, right? I think you can't just expect your marriage to thrive if you're not sending signals yeah. of affection yeah. to your spouse. Yeah. It's like a fertilizer on a garden. Well, okay, sure. That was a powerful meta- metaphor. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to fertilize the garden tonight. Okay. So, but <laughs> okay, I should on. just write a book of metaphors for people to use during marriage podcasts. I think that would be a bestseller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, back on this topic. Yes. So you can't expect your marriage to keep thriving and alive if you're turned inward. This is kind of the case, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not engaged. If you're kind of playing your cards close to your chest or you're not revealing yourself, I mean, you have to put yourself out there. This is what vulnerability is. Mm -hmm. If if you can't do that because it's not safe, you got other issues going on. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I'm assuming that, you know, in the marriage, it's reasonable to do so. And yet, you know, there's always a sense of risk there. Like I feel safe in our marriage, but it's still hard for me to put myself out there because, you know, I, I was never taught to be emotionally expressive. That's not blaming my parents. It's just how it is. And yeah. no, no, yeah. I don't think very many guys in this culture are. That's normal. Yeah, that, yeah. Right? I agree. Yeah. Well, there's great risk. I think there's reward too. 
of like being known. Yes. And knowing the other person, like that's a real closeness there. Yeah, I mean, that's where the real intimacy kind of good mojo is, is because it's uh, like, who else are you that close with? Yeah, That's exactly. what your marriage should be like. Yeah. Yeah. And this is what separates the marriage relationship from all other human relationship creates intimacy. Yeah. So this first point for self-evaluation then about thinking about your marriage and asking yourself, am I taking for granted? Is this subject of love based on open communication and agreement and the actual activity of expressing affection. Okay. Good one. So am I showing love? Yeah. Yep. Number two, loyalty. So okay. this follows right along because you can imagine that if you're going to bury your soul, you want to choose to do that with a person who is totally loyal to you. I mean, that's yeah. It's the only safe way to do it, right? Yeah. Loyalty then is based on a few things. Three. Number one, lifetime commitment to the marriage. Yeah. Like that has to be there. It's critical. Yeah. And so you need to be a person and you can ask yourself, am I a person that my spouse sees as being totally committed to the covenant that I've made before God and a person who's committed to keeping my vows? Yeah. So you don't have a wandering heart or a wandering eye Mm -hmm. and your loyalty translates into commitment, which translates into behavior so that your spouse sees the commitment. Right. So it's not just words, it's actually behavior. Right. So I could ask myself as a husband, how does Verlinda know that I'm committed. Like, what does she have to see? Right. Right? Okay. Now, if you see me passing comments to buddies about women walking by when we're kind of in a group setting in there mm-hmm. at the mall or whatever, then I'm sending a signal that the commitment is questionable. Because you're looking elsewhere. Right. This is where it gets very practical, right? hmm And so that, you know, it's really a, a moment to pause and ask myself, you know, does she get a clear reading from me that I'm committed? Right. Okay. Number two, as part of this loyalty thing, is 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 loyalty itself, loyalty to your spouse, and by that I mean specifically that you'll defend your spouse, so that you point your heart at your spouse. Like defend your spouse if someone says something about them, you're going to speak up. Yeah, like this is the number one person that I'm with. Like you're more important to me than my parents. You're more important to me than my children. Okay. And so one of our earliest episodes, number two, for example has the title, when did you divorce your husband and marry the kids? And we're just asking, we're mm-hmm. challenging the helicopter parenting idea, right? And it takes a, a kind of clear shot across the bows of that child-centered parenting culture that we're in. Yeah. So there's an abundance of marriage that says, if of marriage research that says, if you take care of your spouse's number one, it's actually better for your kids than if you make your kids number one. Yes. Yeah. Good. Absolutely. So that's just showing loyalty too. Like you are number one. Yes. Like when you make the kids move over so I can sit by you. Like, oh. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And so implied in all of this too then, and we've alluded to this as strong moral values. Because if, if loyalty is important to marital success, then this is obvious as well. You got to have strong moral values. So if you want to create uncertainty and suspicion and jealousy and anxiety within your marriage relationship, just have low moral values. Right. Yeah. Related to your marriage. Yeah. Right. Works every time. But if you're trying to build a marriage that is solid as a rock, this is a key feature. The strong moral values. To have strong moral values. So- Lifetime commitment, loyalty to your spouse specifically, and strong moral values. Those are all components that create the second piece, loyalty within marriage, which shows that's a feature of a healthy marriage. So that's something we can ask ourselves about as well. How's my loyalty Loyalty. doing? Yep. So the third key marker is shared values. In a more traditional marriage, it's particularly important, actually, that you share these values. You know, sharing the values as a value itself helps improve marital satisfaction because you're both pulling together when you're sharing those values. Yeah. 
And I, well, I don't have a whole lot to say about this other than it's very important that you get these things out into the open, like the actual values. What are they? So often if I see a couple just gridlocked on an issue, one of the spouses has a value in there somewhere that may never have been explicitly stated, but it's super important to him or to her. So for example, let's say you have a couple, they're always fighting over money. Well, maybe it's never been said out loud, but for one of you, having some savings tucked away is a deeply held value because of the insecurity and instability in your childhood that was always brought about by financial shortages. So now there's this profound need or like incredibly strong value that I must have some savings tucked away because I never want to go back to that stress, that tension, that anxiety that I had all through my childhood. Hmm. Yeah. And maybe you made a vow to yourself. You'd never put your family through what you went through. So you have this deep value. But the question is, have you shared it? Oh, so you need these shared values. Well, expressed. Otherwise, how are they shared? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And giving your spouse that opportunity to see how much it means to you. Right. So are you guys locked over something right now in your marriage? Is that because of there's a deep, deep value inside of you that you need to get in touch with and then actually really explicitly share with your spouse? Mm-hmm. to help them understand the meaning of it. Good. So we have these three markers then. Yep. Love, loyalty, and values. So I think if you're taking your marriage for granted, yep. you'll likely be not on the same page on at least one of those. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I just wanted to give that as a check-in for you as the listener. How are you doing on these? Because there may be some things there you want to take home and discuss. Now, as our researcher Esther was working her way through this, something came to light that was interesting. So I was pushing her to get me good information on what I might need to do strategically to repair a marriage if I was helping a marriage. Yeah. That was, you know, one of the spouses or both, they were taking stuff for granted. Mm-hmm. And then what were the things I wanted to know too that I might have to do as a matter of routine as a husband to preserve my marriage from being taken for granted? Okay. Right. So what's interesting- so how to fix and how to preserve. Preserve, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Thanks. So what's interesting is that the same behaviors are required, whether you're being strategic about rebuilding or restoring your marriage, or if you're just wanting to keep it thriving and engaged. Interesting. Yeah. And so the research shows that when you're coming at this and you're either trying to fix or maintain, that you might start off with strategic behaviors. So you might be very purposeful or intentional, and then you might make them more routinized over time. Yeah. And ultimately, marital satisfaction over the long term is better predicted by routine behaviors than sort of emergency interventions. Right. That makes makes sense, sense, right? Yeah. So whether you're kind of fixing something or keeping it fresh, it's the same behaviors. What you don't want, though, is the roller coaster. You want to create, use, and keep these behaviors alive in your marriage so that there's consistency. So what's the roller coaster like? Oh, I need to do this. And you work on it for a bit. And then you forget Yeah, I panic about my marriage for a couple Mm. months. And then I just take it for granted for several months. And then I panic about it again. Right. So you want to work these in. I mean, this is kind of what we talked about, even Fly Lady, like keeping house. If you don't have the routines, it goes back to chaos. Yes. So you need to build these routines even into your marriage. Yep. Hmm. Alrighty. Go on. So when we're talking about these behaviors and we're going to, we're going to give some ideas for them that are really practical and you're wondering, are these really going to help my marriage? Well, I'm going to give you an answer to that at the end, but let's go through the behaviors first. And I don't want to spend too much time on each of these, but just to mention them to give some ideas to our listeners. Okay. Okay. So try to pick one or two of these that you'll admit that you can brush up on. Mm -hmm. All of us can do something. And then think of something you can do or say or commit to today so you can bring this into your marriage today. So let's make this happen. Yeah, this isn't like pie in the sky. No. Number one, and I've got uh, five things here. Okay. Assurances. So this is marriage 101. Okay. Very basic. Say, I love you. Berlinda, I love you. Thanks. Yeah. That just made me feel so special. (laughs) 
I was just doing it for the podcast. Yeah, I know. I was just saying that for the podcast. Okay. Well, that was genuine. <laughs> so remind me to do it genuinely afterwards. But but here's the point. I'll Be a you. spouse that regularly assures your spouse of your love. So yeah. the other day you and I had a little conflict going on, actually over blog posts on Only You Forever, mm-hmm. ironically. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, even though I'm angry at you, I want you to know that I still love you. And that meant so much. Well, that's funny that you say it meant so much because you just kind of went, huh. And I thought, oh. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what to say. <laughs> there you go. That's funny. Okay. Yep. So assurances. We got to put the signals out there. Mm-hmm. Like this is, you know, you got to say this, right? You're not going to finish what I <laughs> I'm skipping that part of the notes. That's private. Okay. okay. Number two, conflict yeah. management. Mm-hmm. So maybe kind of related to the above, but you got to manage your conflict. Mm-hmm. As in do something with it. Apologize if you're wrong. So one of the most neglectful things you can do to your marriage is not repair after conflict. Mm-hmm. We have a whole fighting episode about this. Yes. Anyways, go on. So you got to fix things up and you got to be sure to cooperate during agreements. So if you've got some outstanding stuff that you need to go back to, well, I'm encouraging you to go back to it. Oh, okay. So that, and I think the episode that you're referred to, Valinda, I can't remember the number, but from what I recall, the point was not that no conflict is ideal, but that it's no. really important that you process it, you repair afterwards. Yep. Yep. And... The repairing, mm-hmm. like how you act and build in your marriage before the conflict. Oh, yes. Putting in buffers. Yeah. Is more important than how you yep. repair after. Yeah. So all these other things this add is up. like the whole thing about not taking your marriage for granted, though. That's, that's right. Because if you're not taking it for granted, you're putting all those things in and building into it. So, so when then when you have, you have a, a conflict, mm-hmm. you can work through it and make through it. Exactly. And then say all the assurances at the end. But you should be saying these assurances. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You should be saying these assurances all along, and that's part of the buffer of your conflict management. Why are you sitting there laughing at me? Because we usually do bloopers at the end, but I think you just did one right in the middle. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Can't help if it fell on the floor. Stupid thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. What are you on now? No, excellent. I just want to assure you that I love you. (laughs) Even when I dump things on the floor in the middle of a podcast? Yep. That's good. Okay. Uh, number three is shared tasks. Mm-hmm. So oh, ma- I like that too. Oh, yeah, you always get excited about this one. Make sure you both help equally with tasks that need to be done. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you agree so wholeheartedly, mm-hmm. it sometimes makes me wonder if you have a point to make. No, I just agree so wholeheartedly because you're so good at this. Oh, well, bailed out right there. Yeah. Okay, thanks for that, dear. Just for that, I'll help you with this just tonight. Don't worry, I love you. Well, here's the deal mm-hmm. for guys. Mm-hmm. Your wife wants to be Ella. Mm-hmm. Not Cinderella. Oh, uh, see, I just one. I just learned this the other day that they called her something like they call her Cinderella because she's covered in ashes because yeah. she was always cleaning. Yeah, but her actual name was Ella. I think so. I hope that's right. Well, I told you that, so I really hope it's right. Otherwise, we'll have some lawyer from Disney contacting us next week. Yep. Okay, so go check out one of our least popular episodes, hmm, number fifty-six, about housework. Yeah, and um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes for this episode at oyf dot link slash seventy two. Number four, positivity. So act cheerful and positive around each other. I'm particularly good at this. <laughs> there was no, I was just being positive there. No, there cheerful. was no cue in the notes for you to laugh right there. <laughs> Sometimes you got to you know just what? decide to do this. You make this point. Yeah. You yeah. Can. You can like 
choose to be upbeat and to get out there and have a little fun together. Like life doesn't have to be serious all the time. Right. So that reminds me, it's been a little while since we went pedal jumping. Yeah, maybe that's because it hasn't rained. Yeah, we don't have any puddles. Let's blame it on that. So, yeah. and number five. But I, I love how you said that so cheerfully and positively. Oh, I, I'm enthused about it. I'm jumping up and down on the inside. Okay. <laughs> number five yes. for these ideas, social networks. So learn what to- What are these ideas about again? Uh, these ideas are about things that we can do that will actually help our marriages. These are the behaviors that we either uh, re-energize or we use as maintenance behaviors. Oh, yeah. So that we're not taking or, for granted. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So number, number five. Social networks, learn to enjoy each other's friends and create common friends. Very important. Hmm. Okay. Easy way to do that and good for all sorts of things. Go to church together. Mm. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. So here's my point for it is that everyday mundane behaviors serve these really important roles in the sustenance of a marriage. And of these five, the researchers found that the best predictor of satisfaction and commitment was assurances. Just the regular everyday I love you kind of messages and the more sort of, you know, strategic love notes, flowers, whatever. Like when I went on like a weekend trip and took my Sunday school class and I opened my purse and I pulled something out and there was a sticky note on it that said, I love you. Uh Yeah, we were all like gushing. Thanks for remembering that. Yeah, I, I kept my note. Okay. So I told the folks that I would answer the question, will this really help my marriage? So here's what we know. It has yeah. helped other marriages. And mm-hmm. research from a study just a couple of years ago compared the relationship between relationship effort and marital quality. And here's what they found. Both genders, husbands and wives, report that their marital satisfaction is positively affected by their spouse's effort. Like just by their trying. Yes. Trying works. It helps. So if the attitude and behavior are there, a romantic relationship can be improved. But there's a catch. It only works if your spouse is responsive and wants to share relationship activities. So this is the tough spot, right? So that's from another study in 2014 where they found that activities that were satisfying, stress-free, and increased closeness predicted greater relationship quality. So that's similar findings to what we just mentioned, both short and long-term. But they also found that this depended on whether the spouses were dedicated to the activity. So Mm. if one, like this is the sad part, if one spouse is checked out. These aren't going to help. No. Wow. So if your marriage is already fried, this isn't going to work for you. Yeah. You're going to need different strategies. But that's why if you're listening today and your marriage is not fried, we never want you to get here by... So we want you to do these things. Okay. This kind of contradicts a little bit, or from what I'm hearing, when you said that these same behaviors are needed for both maintenance and repair. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, But that's if both spouses are committed to it. Yes. To the repairing. Well, you and I know that we can be committed to our marriage and drift from each other. We just get busy. You go through those seasons of life and it's like, oh yeah, we're married. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the repair I, I was talking about. Okay. This this is like severe marital distress and maybe one spouse has already checked out of the marriage, even though they're physically still there. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So So that calls for more. Yes. And I don't want, if you're listening and you're in that category, I don't want you to feel hopeless. Good, well-executed marriage counseling using a model like emotionally focused couples therapy, it's a modality that I use, has a strong success rate for recovering very, very distressed marriages. So there yeah. is hope. There is help. But if, you're, if your marriage is just suffering from a little neglect and you both have been taking it for granted and you want to rekindle those embers, use the content we've given you in this episode. If you need more tools, make sure that you sign up for our email list. And you can do that on our site or by sending a text message to 
92 spouse. And what we do there is we'll send you a link to bonus content we've created in the past, but we'll also get you onto a short series of emails where we point you to our best content and introduce you to our limited access Talk to Me 101 e-course. And that is a communications course for couples that's really going to help you understand each other better and deepen your intimacy. And once again, you can get access to all this by sending a text message to 9292 spouse. We'll get you signed up by requesting your email address. And just remember that message and data rates may apply from your cellular carrier. This is a U.S. number that we use. Mm -hmm. So if you've been taking your marriage for granted or you want to make sure you don't, make sure you bookmark this episode. Keep it in your favorites. Listen to it a couple times. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, not just this episode, but stay subscribed as we keep delivering this great content to you week by week. We really, really want to help folks build thriving, passionate marriages. Mm-hmm. And speaking of weeks, next week we have a fun title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The three best ways to ruin your wife's day. Hmm. Yeah, but don't worry, ladies, because the week after is the three best ways to ruin your husband's day. You can't do that. Oh, I'm sure I can. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. So... We hope you'll find those episodes a lot of fun as well as really helping you actually not ruin your spouse's day. That's Absolutely. the point. Yeah. Reverse psychology. Pretty smart, hey? Mm-hmm. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oif.link slash 72. Remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. You can help us reach more people by leaving us a review on iTunes. So if you haven't done so, please pull up iTunes on your computer or laptop and leave us a review. We'd appreciate that very, very much. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.